Okay, so this episode is technically supposed to be about my ISG meeting uh, this morning, which focused on uh, the syllabus, note-taking, and uh, and had a brief. And, and so a lot of it was a review, but instead of focusing on those things, I just want to share what I learned from the case uh, that we were asked to brief in preparation for this meeting. We were asked to review Hawkins v. Masters, uh, which was a federal court, which is important to note. Uh, the plaintiffs are Hawkins, um, Baldwins, and Krills. Although Hawkins is the name listed on it, it's because Hawkins was a uh, estate agent uh, for Krills who was involved in this incident. Uh, the Masters are the defendants. Uh, so there's two things that the court is looking to resolve in this case. The first is uh, should the court dismiss the case? Uh, for a lack of jurisdictional diversity. And two, was Mr. Creel a citizen of Kansas or Missouri at the time of his death? So we're going to get into this a little bit more. That issue, I think, will make more sense as we go over the facts. Okay, before we get into that, let's talk about the rules that are involved in this case. You know what? Let's go over the facts. I think it'll help everything make more sense. So Mr. Creel was involved in an automobile accident with the Masters. Masters was driving a farm tractor. Uh, They were residents of Kansas and killed. So about prior to this event, about a year, he was living in Mr. Creel was living in Missouri, and he would return to work from to Missouri and retire for the evenings. Soon after that, he began meeting, dating Mrs. Creel, and he began moving his belongings into her apartment. And then about two months prior to this incident, they moved furniture, um, other effects, clothing. Uh, They combined bank accounts, got married, and he started paying the bills at another residence in Kansas. And so on his death certificate at the time of death, on his death certificate, his place of residence was Kansas. However, he still had ties to Missouri. Uh, he was His car was registered in Missouri. Uh, he picked up his mail in Missouri, and he would go and visit his mother uh, in Missouri. So here's the question that we're trying to answer. The court needs to determine his citizenship, whether it's Kansas or Missouri, to determine whether a federal court has jurisdiction because you know that the masters lived in kansas and in order for it to be federal and he's across state lines so for him to have a federal jurisdiction he needs to have been in missouri now why might he want to go for a federal court instead of a dish uh instead of a state court this was something i didn't know until we talked about this in the isg it's not mentioned anywhere in the reading but it is quite likely and possible that there were some things with the state court that would have made it less likely for the Krills and Hawkins to win their case. So what they had to do was try this at a federal court, or at least that's what they wanted to do. And so the defendants are asking them to dismiss this case. And so they use Rule 12b-1, which is a motion to dismiss, and... And they're asking them to dismiss because it's lacking uh, subject matter jurisdiction, meaning that they are living in two different states. So they're trying to attack the facts based off of having improper jurisdiction. 
So what the court needs to decide, and this is what the rule is that is relevant for what we're going to be talking about, is whether uh, what it means and for a person to be uh, domiciled in that state. So domicile is the presence of mind of adults as residing in a location with the intent to remain there. For this case, uh, the court holds that there is not enough evidence in the subject matter jurisdiction for subject matter jurisdiction to have been met. So therefore, Mr. Krill was a citizen of the state of Kansas, not Missouri. Um, meaning the federal court has no jurisdiction and the motion to dismiss is approved and the case is closed. Okay, so let's go over the analysis just a bit. Um, it's it, The court lists several things that Krill had done to establish his residency in the state of Kansas. He moved furniture, clothing. Uh, he would return home to the place of residence in Kansas, and they had no intent to move away. It's also important to note in the disposition, Mrs. Krill said that they had tossed around the idea of moving back to Kansas, but they made no effort to look for a place of residence um, in Missouri. I apologize. I said Kansas, but I meant Missouri. But then had made no effort to look for a place in Missouri. So this is called floating intent, and the court says floating intent does not establish residency in that state. Uh, the defense argues that the effects of Mr. Krill was reason enough to, sorry, the plaintiffs attempt to argue that the effects of Mr. Krill is reason enough to establish residency in Missouri uh, because he lived in Missouri for most of his life. He collected mail in Missouri and went to live with his mother. But what it is is his intent that was really vital. Uh, he was remaining in Kansas and he would return to Kansas, and they had no intent to move from Kansas. So why should we care about this? And well, it's just interesting to see the difference between federal and state jurisdictions, why you would want to do that, and how you can prove whether it's a federal case or a state case. So that was the details of this case. And yeah, catch you on the flip side. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Law Schoolers. Before I let you go, there are four things I want to say. The first thing is if you enjoyed these episodes and if you enjoyed the website, I would invite you to go and join Law Schoolers Pro. And you can do that by going to lawschoolers.com slash join. It's a way for you to support us, but there's also a lot of features there that I think you will enjoy. Second thing is that nearly all of our episodes are unedited. The only ones that aren't are pre-law materials. And the reason for that is so you can actually see the legal material in its raw form as I'm learning it as well. The third thing is that the information contained in these episodes are specifically only for educational purposes. They're not to be used as legal advice. And with that, the fourth thing is if it is used as legal advice, we are not liable. That is, law schoolers is not liable for any legal outcomes. Thank you again for enjoying the show. Have a good one.